0: director of the last mask center for shamanic healing she's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical emotional mental and spiritual well-being especially when nothing else can now here's your host christina pratt Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to our ancestors, all those people who lived well, who died well, who met the challenges of their time and brought their own gifts to bear. I call out to these ancestors who bring all that is good and true and beautiful Um, into our lives through that legacy that is our ancestral helping spirits. And I ask these ancestors to stand with us all, to stand behind us with a firm hand at our back, that we not um, slip back into old ways and old ideas, but that we move forward into those areas of our life and our time that are calling out to us to become better people. To bring forward our gifts, to bring forward our innovation, to bring forward our creativity, and to be the medicine that our time is seeking. And we ask these ancestors to help us to remember those practices um, that need to remain strong and true, even as we go forward and forge ahead into bringing new ideas to that which is needing healing and medicine. And I ask these ancestral helping spirits to hold us in a way that we can do this now in our own time and to make the world a better place for those who are coming. And as these ancestors gather around us, let us call out to the ancestors that are non-human, all the aspects of life that have been here long before there was ever a human and will be here long after we call out to these energies to be with us here today and to help us. Help us to understand what truly has meaning in our life based on our human nature and that ask us help us to learn how to connect that human nature to the great fabric of life and recognize how do humans need to be to be a blessing here in the world and to help us to be that kind of person. And so we ask for our ancestral helping spirits, those who are human and otherwise, to gather with us here today to help us to do what it is that we are called to do in our time. And as these ancestors gather around us, Let us begin to call in our own self, drawing ourself into our head and from our head to our heart and our heart to our belly and let's take a moment and ground our energy down to the earth to connect to the earth and take a moment to give thanks. Thanks for all that has been, that has brought us to this moment. Thanks for all that is and all that will be. We give gratitude for beauty and diversity, and the great generosity in the earth's dreaming that allows us to change anything as long as we are still breathing. And with enormous gratitude in our heart for the earth and the abundance and the life that we all share, let us move our energy down into the earth and let our gratitude keep flowing into each layer of the earth as we move our energy down to the very center of the earth. And as we focus ourselves there in the center of our earth, let us ground ourselves firmly and take a moment in gratitude to open ourselves to the energy of the earth and that which is before all the abundance and diversity and beauty here on earth we tune into that energy that gathers its strength from darkness from stillness from silence from a deep deep essence of inner peace and let us reach into that energy as we would draw up water on a parched day into our life we call this energy up to infuse us with the wisdom of manifestation we draw up the earth energy to bring nourishment and uh, restoration and regeneration and refreshment replenish ourselves we call these energies up into our body and our soul and we ask the energies of the earth to help us to continue to learn how to be with ourself in a better way how to be connected internally to bring ourselves into our body and our body here on earth and in this way to know who we are to know what we stand for and to create a sense of home and belonging out of this this deep sense of what has heart and meaning and to do so in a way that we don't shortchange ourselves by simply surrounding ourselves for others like us but that we open our circle to those who are different than we are that we might be provoked by the conversation that ensues into becoming better versions of ourselves that we might become the men and women that we were all meant to be. And so as we reach into the energy of the earth and come to understand connection and interconnection and relationships and tending relationships and healthy boundaries and all of these um, deep, deep understandings that allow life to coexist here on earth, let us come into right relationship with ourselves, right relationship with others, right relationship with our environment, and right relationship with the invisible world. And may we come into right relationship with ourselves in such a way that we can know our place in the great web of life and to feel ourselves as part of that great oneness. And as we reach deeply into the earth, let us now begin to draw that energy up, up from our belly to our heart and our heart to our mind and up and out the top of our head into the sky above and whatever, whatever weather it holds for you today, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe and connecting to that energy there by whatever way you understand that energy, by whatever name you call it. To connect with it and let it connect with you and begin to draw this golden energy from above, the radiant energies from above, to draw them down. Draw them down through all the layers of the sky, into your head and your heart and your belly, and in this way to draw into your life and into these proceedings, into your day. In this way, you draw in the energy of blessing, the energy of protection, the benevolence of our universe. We call in these energies that we might connect with those energies that are committed and devoted to our purpose, to why we are here. We call in these energies that inspire, that illuminate the way, um, that help us to innovate. We call these energies in and all of the beneficence of this universe, drawing it into our bodies and sending it down into the earth. And in this way... We open our center channel and create a place of connection for earth and sky. These two great legendary lovers whose big love birthed this entire experience of form into existence through the dreaming. May that same big love awaken the spirit of your own heart. And as your heart awakens, may you kick that crucible of transformation online and draw up the fiery passions of your belly and down the crystal clarity of your mind, and to hold these energies in the heart in their dynamic tension, so very different from each other in their qualities, yet each needing the other, so that they can together give birth to the third and very sacred thing that each one of you carries, each one of us carries, which is some unique genius some true gift, some purpose in why it is that you are here. And may you find a memory of that in your heart, and may you find courage in that same heart to bring that gift into manifestation in the world in some way. And for all the spirit help that we have in doing this in our lives, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I'd like to give thanks to Kathy and Brandon, Christina, to Joan, Kayleen, Evie, Catherine, and Terra Luna Apothecary. These are all listeners who have um, donated financially to the show and it is listeners who are able to donate in this way that help me to keep the show on the air. There's thousands of dollars of bills each year that keep the show available to you worldwide and free. Um the archives are now creeping up to four hundred hours. On the practical application of shamanism in our daily lives and I invite you all to engage in these archives to dig around, to learn and to grow and in doing that if you are inspired, if you are moved if you are challenged if you are even irritated just know that you have been moved in some way in the heart and I ask you to do that most fundamental of shamanic things which is to allow your heart to motivate your actions in the world and do something large or small to help the show to grow Help it to stay vital, to help it stay um, valuable and interesting in the world. Um, and I am deeply grateful for those of you that are able to donate financially. Every bit, large or small, in whatever currency it comes in, is all put directly to keeping the show on the air and um, I'm also grateful for those of you that ask questions, those of you that engage in conversation. I'm grateful for those of you that share, and I'm also grateful for those of you that begin to have conversations um, in social media, and I participate when I can or at least when I know it's happening. And just thank you all for all that you are doing to help the show to grow and stay relevant. And so today we are not live um, but if you have questions about today's topic, you're welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So today's topic is the healer, shadow, and shamanism. And this is part of the a small series that I'm doing just inviting these four primary archetypal energies that I work with in my own shamanic com- cosmology, among other helping spirits. Um, these four archetypes whose focus is helping human beings to create transformation and to manifest their purpose in the world. So I go to them to find out, you know, how do we deal as as contemporary people in this time with the enormous issues of our time, um, the the dearth of leadership worldwide, the pollution and um, threat to clean drinking water around the globe the incredible challenge we have around racism and sexism globally in different countries, different versions of the same issue, that these are huge issues and these are our issues. These are our cultures. This is our time. We are the medicine. Well, we can be the medicine. So how do we do that? And so two weeks ago, we spoke to the teacher leader about leadership. Um, Last week, we talked to the visionary about vision and what does it really take to manifest a vision and how how do your actions really count in manifesting a new vision. And today we go to the healer. We're talking about the healer and the shadow and shamanism. And what does the healer have to say about our particular time here on earth? Um so now that this ugly, racist, sexist, violent, ignorant, hate filled underbelly of America has been exposed for the world to see, um, and is certainly not the only version of these things, but it is um, writ large at the moment, um, the question is will we heal these wounds in our culture? Shamanism gives us the ability, shamanic skills, shamanic healing, shamanic practice, the, all of these pieces that, that complement um, a shamanic way of life I guess I would say. They give us the ability but will we choose to take the steps to heal the wounds of our culture? They're all here exposed but will we? Will we simply move on to oogle the next bloody accident of our culture? Will we get distracted by the next shiny thing? Um, Or perhaps martyr ourselves on this cruel, cruel world and continue uh, to do what we are doing? Or can we step up into this disease within our culture that is so apparent and be the healing salve, the salve of inclusion? The salve of vulnerability and education and honesty that is necessary to embrace being the change that we are seeking. How can we miss this opportunity? I mean, really? You know, this ugly underbelly is a blessing in disguise. If we can step up as practitioners and open this gift. Um, this calling to the human inside of each one of us that we were born to be. You know, shall we do this now? Or shall we wait for the next bigger crisis? Really? Do you think you can stand the next bigger crisis? So the question is, do you have the courage right now to use your shamanic skills to turn the trauma of this election Into medicine. Whether you're in the United States and are voting, or simply in the world and seeing a reflection of the racism and the violence and the ignorance and the hate that exists around the world in many different versions, but this is the illness of the humans on this globe at this time. So, do you have the courage to use your shamanic skills to turn the trauma? Of this time into medicine? Can you step out and give that medicine to the world directly around you? In other words, can you do the work necessary to transform this poison into a medicine which will force you to transform? And in that, you become the person who can then bring this medicine out in the world. It is not enough for us to do our personal work. We need to take that person and the medicine he or she carries out into the world and make something new manifest. So what would we need to be doing that we're not already doing if we want to seize this ugliness and open the yucky gift that it is? Or any ugliness, frankly, that's currently manifest on our globe anywhere. The daily levels of air pollution in Beijing, for example. How you feel about the Brexit or other politics or government issues in various places in Africa or refugees or whatever. Or the killing temperatures, Um in the hotter climate regions of our globe that are already hot. And now they're so hot that people are just simply dying from the heat. Just like in other places in the world, they die from the cold. So what are we going to do? Right? What are we going to do? The question is what moves you in all of this? What grabs your attention? What causes you to rant? What hurts your heart? What makes you want to retreat and hide away? What makes you want to shut down and just ignore it all? What reminds you painfully of your own history of trauma or abuse? The outer world is a reflection of our inner world. So we always begin at the same place from a healer perspective. What do you see? What is your outer world? What is your immediate personal outer world? And what is the larger outer world of which you are a citizen? Both questions matter. The healer encourages us to begin with our inner world, to our Because on our in the moment, we are 100% powerful to create change. And so the healer encourages us to start there and to take the steps to create the change in that inner world and use the reflections that you see coming back to you in your personal world. What personally matters to you so that you can continue into your outer world and to see that reflection in that outer world and to take the steps to be the citizen that you need to be in the world that you want to be in and this is the piece that's important is it's not just about looking out and seeing the reflection what is that showing you about yourself looking out in the world what is that showing you about your world and what is that showing you about yourself. But it's doing that in the context of becoming the person that you've meant to be and creating the world that you want to hand down to your descendants. So it puts that personal work into a larger context. It gives it a larger purpose to serve. So it's not just you falling in love with process or hating process, but basically just being in process. But it puts you in process so that – you can bring that energy out in the world. And so just like the leader and the visionary, the healer is reminding us that we need to pick up our responsibility for healing ourself and thus healing our world, healing our culture, and not project that responsibility out onto others. And so the journeys then right off the bat that the healer would suggest is to show me the ways I project my responsibility for healing my culture onto others. Show me the ways I project my responsibility for healing my world onto others. And by by world, I don't necessarily mean the earth. I think the earth can take care of herself. I think it's our influence, the influence of humanity around the world, you know, which is bigger than your culture. It's the the whole mess, right? Another journey the healer would suggest and, – and these are journeys the healers just – these are the obvious ones, the very most superficial ones in a sense – is to show me the ways that I martyr myself instead of engaging my capacity to heal. And ask that question. Show me the ways I martyr myself instead of engaging my capacity to heal in my inner world. And then ask it again for how you do that in your outer world. Some people are very effective in their inner world, not so much in their outer world, and others are vice versa. So it's important to ask both questions because they will likely have very different answers. And finally, um, the fourth question from the healer would be, show me the addictions that I do not see. And so these are the addictions that you engage in instead of engaging your capacity to heal. Um, But the important thing about these addictions is that you are to look for the addictions in your physical world, which are where we normally expect to see addictions, Um, addictions to work or sex or addictions to substances. That's the physical world stuff. Um, But the next is looking for your addictions in your emotional world. One of the things that people will see in this is there are many people that are actually addicted to anger or addicted to being agitated or in this highly kind of agitated and activated state around something. And um, others are ad- addicted to particular emotional states, which means you tend to create that state versus simply allowing your emotions to flow naturally and honestly and authentically relative to whatever's going on. It's like you're picking the ones that you want to be in. And sometimes people are really surprised what emotions they're actually picking. It's not like we just pick the good ones. That there's an aspect of intensity in hatred and anger and um, despair that people actually get addicted to staying in that state. And so seeing the despair out there um, allows them to churn that inner despair and the important thing is, um, well, the important thing is it's unhealthy, right? <laughs> it doesn't allow you to be balanced in your emotions. So anyway, show me the addictions that I do not see in my mental life, in your mental wisdom body, that people are, are very addictive mentally. And show me the addictions that I do not see spiritually. And this has a lot to do with exposing your spiritual bypass, being addicted to particular aspects of spiritual life without being willing to embrace the fullness of um, creating, intending, and cultivating true spiritual maturity. Um, Okay, so like I said, these questions are just off the cuff of the healer, right off the bat. These are things that healer would expect you to already be doing. These are the obvious from the healer's perspective. And so that gets us started. And so we begin then to engage the energy of the healer um, that is wanting to move through us. And the two big cultural shadows of the healer energy as it's trying to move through us and gets stuck, then it comes out in the shadow energies of the healer. And the two shadow energies of the healer are the martyr and the addict. And there's a great... De- uh, an ever-growing um, new supply of martyrs in um, these younger generations. And it's important for you to come to, un- all of us to come to understand what the martyr energy looks like and to recognize where we are manifesting that pattern in, in our myriad of ways is where healer energy is trying to move through us and we are blocking it. And so you can journey to ask about this, of your own helping spirits, you can ask the healer as an archetypal energy to help you to see that. But martyr energy within people that are caring and compassionate and empathetic and want to be healers or, you know, the kind of people that would be listening to why shamanism now is really, um, uh, a big deal. It's a lot of martyr, martyr energy in, in people called to, to healing or called to use their, use their gifts in that way. And with that hand in hand, comes a lot of addict energy, and many people are simply addicted to the role of being the healer, so that's another thing to look for. So these are all places where we begin to engage, and the important thing to understand about the healer energy as an archetypal energy is the healer energy is at its, is at its lowest end is about how you do healing. That the healer energy at, at its really high point, at, it, at its great um, ecstatic wisdom is about how we live well. It's about living in such a way that we are a force for healing in the world um, by the very way that we live. It's about well being. It's about balance. It's about flow, flow of the chi, flow of the energy, balance of the emotions, availability and engagement emotionally, but a constant flowing, being balanced, balanced and um, far seeing and. And detailed seeing all these different capacities of vision and awareness in the mind and an openness spiritually of seeing the similarities and the parallels and the patterns in um, spiritual life. And not seeing the separations and disconnections and differences and um, having the spiritual life uh, tapped in with uh, more uh, unhealthy ego energies. So the healer energy is all about all four wisdom bodies moving in concert together to create a a resilient and constantly renewing state of health and well-being in the individual. And how to heal is sort of, oh, right, that's what we do when that balance of health and well-being tips too far out of balance. Um, That's one way to look at it. But another piece of the healing energy is also about as we become more um, constant and comfortable in our state of health and well-being, we begin to look for those things that keep us from rising to the next higher state of health and well-being as a constant, not as an incessant um, effort, but more as a constant blossoming of the person that we have come here to be. So the healer energy um, gets really pigeonholed in, you know, how do I do a soul retrieval? How do I do a cord cutting? How do I heal this chronic fatigue Uh, without realizing that the true healer energy is big and ecstatic and um, all about harmony and vibration and flow and alignment and balance and kind of an ecstatic um, state of – Constantly moving and maintaining um, high quality relationships within ourselves, between our organs, with the people in our life, with the energies in our life, with the life itself, all of that stuff. So that's healer energy. It's important to keep that in mind as we listen to what the healer has to say for us at this time. Okay, so the four questions above are not necessarily going to help us to seize this big disguised gift at the moment. But it does get us going. It gets us moving with the energy of the healer. Um, But to seize the opportunity in this time, um, we really need to go much deeper. So in other words, for example, it's not just about seeing how you are like Trump. right? So Trump upsets you or Hillary upsets you. Um, who, whatever upsets you, and so you say, okay, so how am I like that? So no, that's real, and that's valid, but it's really layer one. It's also a layer a lot of people do, so obviously it's necessary but not sufficient. If we're really going to unwrap this ugly underbelly that's been exposed and really turn it into medicine, we have got to roll up our sleeves and put on our boots because it's going to get messy, it is it is not pretty okay but that's okay because the healer is with us and we have the capacity to do this so the important thing then is is to is to feel more deeply into not just what you see in trump and that you see your reflection of trump but to feel into what are the patterns that Again, what you see, what you notice. So, if we use Trump for example, what are the patterns that his campaign has set in motion? What um, energies have been lifted up and made more apparent? What are what are what's the what are the feelings of all of that? And so, let's just pick one because there are many, right? Let's pick one. So, the freedom to openly hate other people, that normalizing of open virulent hatred of someone who is different than you are, right? So thus, I mean, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is then it, it validates actions that would then infringe on that person's right to live safely and based on their own beliefs, right? And so the important thing about all of this is recognizing you need to not infringe on other people's rights to live as they choose to and they need to not infringe on yours, Okay, so anyway, so we, we're going to this, this freedom to openly hate. So the healer was encouraging you then to feel into your own hatred, that which is open and your hatred that is hidden. And as you notice the patterns in your own hatred, to ask for the source or the origin of those patterns. And eventually, you will find your own self-hatred. Or your own self-loathing, which will be long and away from whatever we're seeing out here in the political spectrum, but will be very personal and very much about you and these deeply buried inner feelings about yourself. And you'll begin to hear your justification for that hatred. So this is what the healer is asking us to heal. Healing, that is where we would each begin to take responsibility for the healing in our world and stop pushing that responsibility off onto other people. And so, if we can grow the courage of heart to do this, then we can become the people who can create the culture that we need and the world that we want. And it all begins with having the courage to feel deeply into that which has been exposed and to expose it within ourselves. Okay. So what needs to die? Cuz the thing about the healer energy from a shamanic perspective is it has a it has right relationship with death. And so the perspective about healing, once healing is needed, you know, we're not in that state of well-being, that ecstatic state of well-being. Instead, we need healing now. Okay, great. So the perspective is that the sum total of who you are, your spiritual beliefs, your all that's going on in your mind, your heart, your body, everything, all the decisions, everything adds up to this state that you're in. And so something has to die in that state that you're in to create the possibility for the healed self to grow out of that. Another way to look at that is simply that there are resources that need to be reallocated from the current state, which is not healthy, that those resources need to, you know, the the current systems, they're caught up in need to die. So those resources can be reused into the person who's healthy. Okay, so once again questions for you to journey on to begin to understand because this is all you know your deep inner archaeology um using your helping spirits as the guides to do these deep digs into yourself and to see what what is there to be seen and because this is all stuff that's already present your helping spirits can be very clear and effective about helping you with that they can get a little vague and ineffective when they're talking about vision and things that aren't happening yet. But this is all stuff that's already happened. It's already living in your body. It's already present within you. And so they can be very, very clear and effective helping you to ask about this. So what needs to die? So what needs to die within you so that you can end whatever the addictions are that you're involved in? What needs to die within you? You know, in 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 your current equilibrium, something has got to go. So what needs to die within you to end whatever the ways are that you're martyring yourself? You kind of have to fill in that blank with the answers that you got from the earlier questions, right? What needs to die um, so that you can take accountability for yourself? What? Um, In whatever some of those other answers were that you got around being accountable when you looked at, for example, we were talking about the self-hatred. Okay, so what needs to die so that you can be accountable to that you inside of you that experiences self-loathing? What does that self need to let go of that self-loathing? So what needs to die so that you can show up for that energy and change that dynamic? Right? And um, for many of these things, you don't really need to journey that these things as you tap into what needs to die, they are simply energies within you, selves within you that need to be cleared. It's like the emotional clearing that um, there are a bunch of shows about and I teach class about, but many of these things that need to die are just simply the way that we are holding the past needs to die. It needs to be changed. And so that's what the actual energy clearing class is about. And so for some of you to respond to the healer energy and to open the big ugly gift and turn it into a blessing, you need new skills for some of you. Okay. So the next thing that the healer is asking is what do you need to have faith in? And this is a really tricky question because a lot of people don't have faith, one, in anything. That's a problem. Others, their faith was forged in a religious system they no longer participate in, but their relationship with faith was forged kind of over there in that system. And when they left the system, they left their faith behind. So that's a problem. Other people engage in shamanism, but without understanding. Uh, let's see. Let me say that differently. Other people engage in shamanic skills and, and practices, without a larger context or cosmology in which they fit. And so, there's nothing really to have faith in. You know, it's not. It's um. It's like I don't. Um, I don't need to have faith that the sun is going to rise. I I know the sun is going to rise. What I have faith in is that the sun and the earth and myself and everything that happens in that day comes out of a dream that's being dreamt. See what I mean? That what we have faith in needs to be bigger than something that's frankly pretty simplistic given our current understanding of our physical world about whether or not the sun's going to rise. In other words, we don't need faith on the winter solstice that the sun will begin to return. That's not the point. I don't think that ever actually was the point. I think people knew quite well it was going to return. That that the faith is in the larger system that the mechanics of the turning of the earth and the sun and the date and the time and the seasons and everything play a part in. Okay, anyway, faith. So what do you have faith in and how do you cultivate faith and so if you have no faith, that's fine. You need to work with the healer to begin to find it and to cultivate it. Because we, we are hard-pressed to transform, hard-pressed to build the bridge towards a new vision if we don't have faith. Because when I step from the known into the unknown, there is a moment of paralyzing panic. And the only thing that allows me to step is faith. Faith. There's not not skill, not muscle, not intelligence, not any of that stuff because you can't know when you step into the unknown and create something new, whether that's your soul's purpose or the vision of a new world. Faith is necessary, not faith in a god or in this or in that, but the capacity for faith. And so if you don't have that, that's good to know. Now you want to work with your helping spirits to find it and begin to cultivate it. And for most of you, it's not that you don't have faith. As I said before, it's that you started cultivating it in a different system in which you no longer participate. And so you need to go rescue it and bring it back and begin to cultivate it within the life that you currently have. And so once you have faith, then you need to take actions to cultivate it. And so, for example, my shamanic practice… The the practice, the things I do every day, the daily discipline in my shamanic practice is what cultivates my faith. By asking for help every day and then receiving help, it restores my faith that I have help. Okay. So with that said, as we look at the current situation in the world around us, whether it's protests around pipelines, whether it is pollution in Beijing, whether it is politics, whether it is this gross underbelly of America that has been exposed, that is, again, not only here. Part of what we see when we look at these patterns, because again, it's what is it What is it that you see when you look at it? Not what everybody else sees, but what do you see when you look at it? For many of you, what you see that, is, that deeply troubles you about the world is a place that really breaks your heart And it's a place of soul loss in the world, like cultural soul loss. Um, I would consider America's political system, its two-party political system, morally bankrupt, that it has truly lost its soul. And so as we look at these human constructs that are soulless in the world, we can see a reflection of our own soul loss. And so if you, if you do this work and you, and you continue as the healer is asked to look at what you notice and see what that's reflecting back to you and look deeply through the feeling space of what that brings to you and yourself, if it brings you to an abyss, if it brings you to hopelessness, if it brings you to despair, if it brings you to feeling deeply powerless, then it most likely has brought you to your own soul loss. And if it has brought you to your own soul loss, get a soul retrieval. That you, you, one of the things to have faith in is that your soul wants to be whole and that these things that cripple you in despair and hopelessness and powerlessness can be repaired. That soul part exists. It's just not with you in time. And it is extremely easy given the, the enormous pain that it creates and suffering it creates in our life is relatively easy to find the soul parts and bring them back to you. And there are many, many practitioners around the world who can do this work. The important thing is for you to ask for that help and to have faith in your own soul and the truth of your feelings. Um, Let me say that differently. To have have faith that that feeling of hopelessness and despair that you experience – is not your deepest reality. And that when you're that it's simply showing you the loss of something that is so critically important. And the healer is saying, Have faith, ask for the help, have the soul parts return to restore that which was despairing, to the joy of the reunion, to restore that where you felt hopeless to feeling the hope and the possibility and the renewed connection to your own soul that to have faith that this can be repaired and repair it ask for help and get it repaired and to educate yourself in teachings um, again around faith to educate yourself in teachings that are not founded in the lie of separation A lot of spiritual teachings are founded in the lie that you are separate from God and that you need to do X, Y, Z to come home. And I strongly encourage people to develop a rich and robust spiritual life that may not be religious, but that is deeply connected to the understanding that you are one with all things. And if you don't have faith in that, to work with your helping spirits to find your way to that deep, deep truth. So educate yourself. Um, Many of you will find that you have deep soul loss around your relationship with God or the creator or however it is that you were taught to think about that energy. Um, Deep soul loss for when you had a natural relationship with that energy, having come into the world from oneness with all things and were taught a particular way of understanding it or taught that it didn't exist. And many of us carry soul loss around that, and that is the root of our deep feelings of powerlessness and our um, inability to step into authority in our life. It's because there's this deep soul loss at the root of this dysfunction around our relationship with the great all-that-is energy. And so if you find that despair or hopelessness or powerlessness, ask for help. Um. And so um, the question that the healer is asking us is, are you living every day in a way that exposes the lie of separation and models the oneness of all things or not? Because living that lie of separation undermines our health and well-being. Living in a way that cultivates our, our understanding of ourself as part of the great oneness – supports and cultivates the healer energy moving through us so if you're not doing that instead of beating yourself up for not doing it look into it maybe you're not doing it because you do have lost soul parts and you're not able to maintain that energy Um, maybe you're not doing it because Um, you haven't taken the responsibility that you need to take given your life history to learn to clear the energies that you can clear yourself, you know? And so sometimes this is soul loss. Sometimes this is work you can do yourself. And so part of what the healer is asking us to do is to learn to discern and either way, whatever the answer is, do what needs to be done. Take the steps to take your medicine, take your medicine so that you can transform so that you can become medicine. Okay, so the healer also encourages you to offer help, to volunteer in things that matter. And this is interesting because the visionary said the same thing, a little bit different reasons, but the same idea, that people – what they're both saying is that the way that we are using our time is perhaps not the most fruitful for the cultivation of ourselves as humane individuals and that to volunteer our time in things that matter to us and to give of ourselves regularly um, – is is a experience that we need and that doing good work creates a perspective on yourself um, that helps you to cultivate compassion and that ex- it exposes you to things that are different and to experiences that are not um, coming out of this very self-mediated way that people are living their lives. And by offering help, it puts you in a good, strong position to be willing to ask for help. Because like soul loss, there are some deep issues that are being exposed right now in this ugly underbelly and that if we really want to unwrap this gift, and oh man, I wish we would unwrap this gift, if we're going to do this, we're going to Move into arenas within ourselves and our own self healing where we must ask for help. We can't actually do everything ourselves. We can do a lot ourselves, but not everything. So, soul loss is one thing. But the other thing is that they're really deep shadows um, of our culture that have been exposed. And since we are our culture, these shadows are our shadows. And so, you could make a list of the shadows that have been exposed by whatever's going on in your country and your government we certainly could do it here with our ugly underbelly Um, and so make a list of those shadows that have been exposed and then journey to your helping spirits to ask how you are expressing that shadow in your life because if you're noticing it you're most likely doing it in your own way it's not in the same way it's a shadow it's a pattern right so you're not doing it exactly the same way But you are doing it in some way and that's why it's attracted your attention. Okay, so then once you have that answer, then you have to put your thinking cap on and sort out is that shadow behavior, which is behavior you can actually step out of yourself, or is it a shadow self, meaning you're going to need some help getting access to that energy because it's shut off to you because it's in your shadow. So once again, to be clear, just like clearing, you can do your own emotional clearing. We usually can't do our own soul retrieval, though we can integrate our soul parts once they come back. So similarly, shadow behavior, you can transform yourself. Shadow selves, we need help getting access to, and then you can finish the transformation. Okay, so shadow behavior really means that you are allowing yourself to be influenced by a cultural shadow. So, for example, um, you're allowing yourself to be a victim or a rebel. So, these are shadow behaviors. And if you notice, if your journey tells you that you're manifesting... One of the shadow behaviors you see out in the world, in yourself, by acting like a victim, then that's something that you can continue to journey to understand how do you transform that, because it's just a shadow behavior. But if your journey exposes you to an actual energy that you can't get a hold of, that's really like a part of yourself, it feels almost like a soul part, then we're talking about a shadow self. And so that you're going to need some help um, from from a shamanic practitioner that deals with shadow selves who can get into the shadow realm, your shadow realm via journeying and free how the shadow self is trapped there to bring that energy out to you so that you can then complete the transformation. And so once again, this is this is a, this is a very clear of why I'm saying we need shamanic skills if we're going to unwrap this gift. And we need to unwrap this gift. And not everybody who needs to unwrap the gift has got shamanic skills. So those of us who have it really need to use them and potentially teach people at least journeying so they can begin to use that to continue to engage their healing. Because much of the healing you still need to ask for help for from specialists. But at least you can work with your shamanic skills to clearly define the help that you need. Okay. The other thing that you may find as you do these journeys about these shadow behaviors, these cultural shadow behaviors and how you're manifesting them, is you may find that there are patterns of you projecting your power onto others. Meaning, um, giving them the authority... Um, uh, this, is, this we talked about a lot actually in the show about the leader two weeks ago. But basically the point here is that as you start diving into shadow, you often end up diving into just your regular everyday patterns around power and how you create powerlessness in your life by projecting your power and your responsibility to use it onto other people. Um, that have authority or um, just people you're in relationship with. People project power on other people for the strangest reasons. Okay. And so then the final thing is that um, part of the issue around power that you'll find as you start investigating your version of these shadows is for many of you, you're simply overly participating in the rank privilege and power structure and not participating enough in the deeper reality and the true powers. And that's there's just an imbalance in your engagement. And you can work with your helping spirits to understand how to pull your energy out of being overly invested in the rank, privilege, and power structure, which is a false structure. I mean, it's real in that the culture is doing it, but it's false in that you could simply move to another culture and it would be a different system. Whereas – the powers that a human being has access to as a human on this planet are real and they're not defined by culture. They're defined by your humanity. And so what the healer was saying is focus on those and cultivate those and don't get so caught up in the cultural power system. Um, And so the healer was calling that under participation in the real reality and under cultivation of the personal powers that you have and thus by cultivating them, being willing to use them. And so then the, that then that's the next thing, um, is engaging your personal power with your spirit help to ask for help from them. And uh, that help, you know, once you're moving this energy out of the shadow, shadow behavior, maybe shadow selves and transforming them or just understanding your shadowy relationship with power, is getting to a place where then you can call on your helping spirits to help you create a new structure for your life that that puts you in your body in you know where you stand in your power not afraid to use it that you're using it to create the things in life that have meaning and purpose for you and and asking given all of that, what skills do you need to grow in that and to cultivate that? And you know so this this um, working relationship with spirit to help you become that powerful engaged person in the world, not a shadowy version of the scary underbelly. Um, and so in other words, how do I stand well in my life? to be a person I have respect for, to build the culture that I need, so that I can create the world that I want and to do so in a way that's good for all living things. And so from that comes the question then with your again this is a lot of work with your helping spirits but we th- we need to do this if we're going to really unpack this gift. You know, we don't have to unpack it all by Thanksgiving, you know. But we do need to unpack it. Okay. So How will you use these allies? Because any shadow energy transformed, whether it's just shadow behavior or a shadow self, is some amount of energy that wants to be an ally towards what it is that you are doing in your life. So, how will you use the allies, this ally energy, to create new actions in the world? And what will you engage in to change your culture? What will you engage in to change your world? In other words, What are you going to do to change your reality? What actions are you going to take and how are you going to organize with others to take concerted action so that we can begin to create cultural changes that can create changes in the world that we all live in? So for many of you, you'll find that what matters most from this debacle – of our 2016 election is the unresolved ancestral energies and the need for healing of those patterns. And again, it's another place, the healer says, if this is what you find at the root of the patterns that are deeply troubling for you and what has been exposed, then ask for help. If you do not have the skills to do the ancestral healing, ask for an ancestral healer who does. Uh, I mean, ask for a shamanic healer who does and get the ancestral healing that um, not all shamanic healers do it. Um, It can be done long distance because it's done largely in the journey and it does leave you with homework. But the important thing is if you identify the roots of whatever your country's history is as the deep ancestral patterns that you're struggling against, get the healing. Ask for help. Change it. This is, this is what the healer is saying. Um, many people can actually identify and diagnose what the problem is. It's then we begin to beat our chest and say, this is the problem. This is the problem. Instead of actually treating that as a diagnosis and transforming that situation through the remedy into being actual medicine for the problem. That's where we need to go to unwrap this big, messy, underbelly gift. So, why would you bother? Well, how could we not, right? How could we be such cowards, particularly those of us that have shamanic skills? How could we be cowards when we already know the world is full of beauty and blessings and that, in this debacle, in this ugly gift, is beauty, is medicine that we could become, is the path to the more beautiful world our heart knows is possible. If we try, I don't think we can, but if we try to push this under the rug and just go, oh, thank God, make it go away, we will not create the world that we want and that our heart knows is possible. This is the opportunity now. So how could we not seize it when we actually, as shamanic practitioners, already know the world is right now filled with beauty and blessings as well in spite of everything, right? So what needs to be born out of this mess is the healer's final question to you. What needs to be born within you, within, and what actions do you need to take to birth the thing, the next thing in your culture and what actions do you need to take with others to birth the next thing in the world? What needs to be born and how do we birth it? The healer is the healer because she is the great shapeshifter. So you must be willing to change That the healer is the healer because she becomes what is needed without ever losing the essence of what is right and true and resonant with the greater all that is. It's like the water changing forms and yet always being water. The healer brings flow, moving that which is stagnant, that which is suffocating, that which is tied in on itself and has been in that way far too long. The healer creates healing by creating flow and movement, communication, emotions, discourse, engagement. That's healing. And the healer sometimes can create reconciliation, like with the ancestors and like with your soul parts. That the healer can create reconciliation. And when we finally learn to really rise up and be vehicles for the healing energy, wanting to move through us in our time, the healer energy can create peace. So I call out to the ancestral um, helping spirits all around us and give thanks for their presence with us. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I want to remind everyone that the Modern Shaman Summit is happening and it's produced by Entheonation. So it's a, it's a summit that's free with lots of different people talking and sharing their shamanic work on it. But it's, I think it's for a much less conservative audience of the couple summits that have happened over the last couple years and also for an audience that's deeply interested in spiritual activism. And there's a lot about entheogens and plant medicines and dance and art, movement. It's a a very, very – the people speaking are very engaged in a um, more celebratory way, I believe, in their their shamanism. The registration is up and running. You can go to lastmasscenter.org, and it's right there on the home page. And you can just click on the link and register. It is free, but you do need to register for it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Go vote.